Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is David Neesmith, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Columbus, Ohio. He is also a uh, teacher of body mapping, which is uh, a kind of an offshoot of the Alexander Technique, or a part of the Alexander Technique. He works with a wide variety of students, and he has a special interest in our topic today, which is constructive rest, which uh, is an Alexander technique-related um, uh, thing to do, let's say, that can be very helpful for certainly for anyone taking Alexander lessons, and um, I believe in any event that it's useful for pretty much anybody to, who wants to re release harmful tension from their body. And we're going to talk about constructive rest. Uh, David actually has a, a, a whole website devoted to um, that process. Uh, you can get audio clips and uh, he's selling CDs or in digital downloads. He's got three up there so far. We're talking early 2012 and he's planning on eight altogether. Uh, David, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. David, um, would you uh, would you be up for giving our listeners a very short uh, definition or description of the Alexander Technique? Sure. Um, and knowing this is going to change depending upon who my audience is in front of me at the moment um, and the context of the conversation. But in general, I guess I would say the Alexander Technique is a very practical process for learning how to cooperate with nature, how to reveal our natural full stature ability to live um, with the most efficiency applied to any particular task or skill we're faced with in the moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as constructive rest is concerned, um, maybe you could give a short description of, of that? Sure. Um, I see constructive rest as a quality pause in our day. We are not designed as a continuous duty machine, and we're not designed to go powering through our day without a quality break. And doing something called constructive rest, uh, the, construct, the word constructive leads us to something that's productive and practical, but yet restful. And so constructive rest is a time to take the pressure off of our joints, to take the pressure off of our neck, to ease open our awareness, to s deliberately slow down and allow our nervous system to rebalance. And there's very specific things that one can do or undo in a constructive rest session that can gradually, that will gradually flow over into the way we live our day and apply ourselves to whatever activities we're in. Mm -hmm. And maybe you could give us, uh, give our listeners a very short description of what it looks like and how a listener might uh, arrange themselves to be in the constructive rest position. Sure. Well, uh, the classic constructive rest position for me is to lie down on a fairly firm surface, um, a rug or carpet on a, a floor or even outside on the grass is nice, uh, with 
the knees bent up towards the sky so your feet are flat, playing with the spacing of the feet so that you can find the best balance. Having the feet flat, knees up like that uh, helps relieve any stresses on the lower back. Um, and starting with the palms down, elbows out to the side. And sometimes it's useful to have some sort of firm support under the back of the head, maybe a paperback book or two, or a rolled up um, sweater or something. And to provide a little bit of gentle uh, traction on the muscles of the neck and the upper back. And I generally advise students to start with their eyes open so they can balance their awareness of their internal information in a large world of awareness. I'm often telling students it's not a time to, to zone out but to tune in to themselves in a larger world. So the lying down, feet flat, knees up, a little bit of a bolster under the head, eyes open, that's the starting place. Mm -hmm. And a, a fairly common <clears throat> variant would be um, having a bolster, a larger bolster of some kind under your knees so that mm -hmm. you don't, and of course then your feet would not be flat on the ground. Uh, There's mm -hmm. some teachers who prefer that uh, for some students. Or mm -hmm. you could have your lower legs resting on a couch or elevated surface. I th the key thing there is that your knees should be elevated mm -hmm. relative to your hips. And yes. as you said, a firm surface is is good because that's going to give you some feedback that mm -hmm. a, a mattress, a soft mattress, uh, would not. So, um, I mean, biomechanically, that position does tend to to encourage uh, release of tension in your torso and in your spine, mm -hmm. um, perhaps even more than ordinary lying down. But uh, I could imagine a listener saying to him or herself at this point, well, you know, I take a nap after lunch every day and I wake up refreshed. Uh, why would I, what would be the advantage of this process? Well, I think there are many advantages. When lying in constructive rest, we can acknowledge the assistance of the floor, the ground underneath us, that firmness, that support. We can acknowledge that gravity is holding us down, that we don't have to hold ourselves up in any way, except for a minimal effort at um, maintaining the legs if they're not bolstered by a pillow or something. And then um, there's a lot that can be done in our thinking to enhance the quality of our experience. Not more doing, but in the quality of our thinking to deliberately and intentionally allow our awareness, which is habitually narrowed um, for most people, to expand, to have the intention of noticing our neck, where we often carry a lot of tension, and to invite muscular freedom throughout our body, beginning with the muscles of the neck. We can also intend to be aware of our breathing cycle and intend to cooperate with the natural and integrity of our breathing and specifically with intending the ends of our exhalations to be more complete. If a student, however, when they're doing constructive rest, falls asleep, then they should sleep. I mean, it must mean that one of their basic needs has uh, not been met. So I, I say don't force yourself to stay awake. But it is a conscious process, and the nervous system is very powerful, just like it can take 
negative messages and send it through our being in an instant into startle, we can give different messages and it will work for us in that way. Right. I mean, and all of those things that you describe do require uh, being conscious. Being In order to do them, you have to start by being kind of awake and conscious. So if you do fall asleep or if you're just taking a, a nap, um, there may be a lot of benefits to that, but not the, not so much the kind of benefits that you've been describing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to add that um, over time, with the practice of constructive rest and clarifying these intentions, that those intentions will continue even in, in a nap or in sleep, that we can be continuing to direct ourselves um, in that restful state at night or during the day in a nap. Mm-hmm. Well, you can certainly do it as you um, lie down and get ready to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And, but you're suggesting it may car- carry over even when you are in a sleep state? Uh, that's my experience. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I mean, the whole idea of this is uh is to be able to function more effectively in the real world when you're mm-hmm. out and about. Mm-hmm. And as you said, we tend to narrow our consciousness often to specific external things, mm-hmm. our work that we're doing, or if we're driving a car, uh, you know, the other cars on the road and so on. And this lying down process kind of puts you in a, a really nice uh, situation biomechanically speaking and with your relationship to gravity and then allows you to really bring your awareness to yourself in very specific and useful ways. And that's not something that most people habitually do. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess the one of the ideas is that you develop that facility in a very undemanding situation Mm-hmm. And then um, you have a much better chance of bringing it to bear in in the real world, or as you say, bringing it to bear kind of unconsciously when you are unconscious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, our first the prerequisite to making any quality changes in ourselves is to show up to ourselves, to come to our senses literally, and. We often go through large portions of our day being so focused on our task and largely abandoning large sections of ourselves. And that abandonment is um, uh, causes tension. Yeah. And, you know, I'm reminded when you say that, it's, it's, it's uh, a prerequisite for making changes is to, is to, is to show up. It reminds me of uh, uh, Woody Allen statement 90 percent of success is just showing up indeed and uh by showing up you mean being your i assume you mean being kind of interested in yourself or aware of yourself uh because you can't really make useful changes if you don't have a clear idea of what it is that you'd like to change yes and the 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 very practical mechanisms that we're born with for showing up to ourselves are our senses. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And most people, uh, most of us were not taught back in health class that we had a kinesthetic sense, mm-hmm. that we can listen to, um, as one of my um, 
friends a child retired child neurologist refers to as um, our joint sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we can learn to listen and be sensitive to this information along with our other senses to discern qualitative differences and then learn to be responsive to what we perceive. Mm-hmm. And once you, um, once you start developing that skill, and it is a, a learned skill for most people, uh, it, it is amazing just how powerful that skill can be in terms of, or applying that skill can be in terms of making changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even even if you're not too good at consciously taking what you learn lying down into activity right away, just that lying down in that position for, oh, perhaps a total of 15, 20 minutes a day, maybe mm-hmm. divided up into little segments, can have a huge effect on your physical and mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the problems of the Alexander lying down position or constructive rest, as we're calling it today, is that it, it seems too simple to be all that useful. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that with your students? Sometimes they say, well, what can I, what's this all about? Yeah, usually when they most need it, they're least willing to give themselves the time because they see it as a waste of time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. They're not in there. If they don't feel like they're accomplishing something and all they do is lay there and think of their massive to-do list. Yeah, and I've, I, I, I've told the story before, but I had a student coming, coming to me for lessons for many years. And at one point, she was in a class where I was demonstrating lying down and talking about how good it, useful it was. And afterwards, she said, you know, I always thought you just told me to do that because that was part of the... The Alexander thing, but I never thought you actually thought it was all that useful. And I said, "Yeah, I do, and I do it myself." And and she said, "Okay, I'm gonna for the next two weeks devote 15 minutes a day to it." And uh, when I saw her after that period, she said, "You know, that has made a gigantic improvement in my functioning. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad." And particularly in her ability, in her case to remain calm and centered in sort of stressful emotional situations. Mm-hmm. That was how she, she found it most interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, David, is there anything that we have not touched on that you would like to talk about? Well, I would guess maybe um, with regard to constructive rest, our topic, um, for listeners to really trust their experience and trust that freedom is the default beneath whatever tensions or whatever we experience that uh, we'd like to modify uh, in our direct daily experience, that freedom is the default and to trust it and to visit constructive rest regularly. In my early years, 15 to 18 years ago with the Alexander Technique, I was doing constructive rest two and three times a day to really slow down, listen, and trust that so much happens just in the, the, the showing up. We don't have to do anything. That being present to ourselves, there's a natural easing that happens in that simple acknowledgement. And, right. You, yeah. I mean, you can benefit enormously from constructive rest if all you do is put yourself in that position for... 
you know, 15 or so yes. minutes a day. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and, and I think just to, uh, maybe it might be useful to elaborate on that, on the statement you made that freedom is the default. I, I, I would take that to mean that, uh, we, you know, most of us, pretty much all of us were born pretty, pretty free and small mm-hmm. children move pretty easily and freely. And, but we have, as adults figured out ways to interfere with that to mess mm-hmm. it up to create tensions mm-hmm. that restrict ourselves and and they become habitual and therefore unconscious mm-hmm. and that when we when we let go of that extra stuff we get to closer to that state of freedom that you're describing it mm-hmm. isn't so much that we have to work to get it mm-hmm. more we have to learn to to stop doing the the harmful working that we're doing exactly and and constructive rest is an incredibly powerful way to to do that a simple and powerful way to do that mm-hmm. that's open to anybody absolutely well maybe that's a good place uh, a good place to end our conversation um my guest today has been david neesmith who is an alexander technique teacher in columbus ohio he has a, a website, his, and apart from his own personal website, he has a website devoted to this whole question of constructive rest. And we'll put links to both of them by the interview. Certainly, if what we've been talking about intrigues you and you live in the Columbus, Ohio area, uh, contact David. If you live anywhere else in the world and would like some help from an Alexander teacher, uh, in terms of your own experimenting with constructive rest, uh, we'll put a link to a website that has um, a, a way to find the teacher anywhere in, in the world. David, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Robert. I enjoyed talking to you.